Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past i want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my now here's your host matt dennison it's indiana what i feel is the pinnacle the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Uh, Indiana women with a humongous win last night. That was a lot of fun. I only got to see the second half. Indiana had already done a lot of its work by building a lead. But uh, Caitlin Clark at Iowa... Uh, let me say this, Caitlin Clark is really good. I'm not convinced about the rest of her Iowa team, which could be a tough thing for them in the NCAA tournament, but a humongous win for the IU women team and for Coach Terry Morin and the program. I think, really, they accomplished last night the only missing piece of a re- very successful season so far. They've got a great record. They've had a lot of success in the Big Ten Conference, 22-4 and overall, 13-3 and in the conference. Their losses have come to some of the best in women's college basketball. They lost to a good Stanford team, 96-64, back on November uh, 12th, I think it was. They obviously lost to Iowa as well. The last time the two teams played, it was quite the margin. It was not a close game. Uh, Indiana was basically blown out in that contest, 84-57. And they essentially flipped the script last night, uh, beating Iowa 86-69. Outside of that, it was the game before, uh, Illinois on the road just uh, earlier this week that they uh, lost in a big surprise, 86-66 was the final score. That was a Monday game for the women's team. So uh, they've got a big win over Iowa. Uh, That helps their NCAA tournament resume. It also helps their ability to host the first and second rounds of the NCAA women's tournament at home. I don't think that's a cinch just yet. They've got to win some additional games, but it definitely helps their cause. That is for sure. But a humongous win last night. And I think that should tell us that this Indiana women's team, although they're missing a key piece, uh, they can compete with the best. It doesn't mean they're always going to win. See Stanford and Iowa the first time, but they can compete at a high level and maybe have a chance to put together a run. I don't mean through the first couple weeks of the NCAA tournament. I'm talking maybe the Elite Eight or further, depending on how the seeding and how the draws go for this team. But uh, definitely a humongous win last night. And I think it's what Indiana fans needed. I know some of the men's program backers still aren't on board with the women's team, or maybe they're kind of half in or half out as far as supporting them. But a sold-out crowd at Assembly Hall last night, the line was wrapped around the building 
two hours before tip-off in that contest last night. And I think a great part of it was to see Caitlin Clark, who has been sensational and has kind of taken college basketball, not just women's college basketball, but college basketball by storm this season. But this Indiana team has really built up a solid fan base, a great group of season ticket holders, and they've sold it out before when there was no Caitlin Clark as a showcase player. Uh, Maybe it just was a rival game with Purdue coming to town. But uh, just amazing to see the crowds and the support. And this is a humongous win for Indiana for a number of different reasons as they too start to think about the month of March and the Big Ten tournament. And I hate to say this, but when it comes to Indiana Hoosiers in the NCAA tournament, uh, you got to give this team some love. Uh, your your men's team is not going to be there, barring some sort of miracle at the Big Ten tournament in Minneapolis coming up in a few weeks. Uh, but the women's team is, and they're going to host, and those crowds are going to be big for those opening rounds of the tournament, and uh, they have a chance to make some noise. Again, I'm not sure how they're always going to fare when they meet the best of women's college basketball, but they have a chance. They have an opportunity, and they've been really good and steady the last few years when it comes to their record and their success in the conference and uh, making some runs into the Big Ten Conference but or into the NCAA tournament, I should say. But can they have that breakthrough year this year? Can they find a way to get to the promised land, the Final Four, the national championship game? Who knows? But last night was a good indication that this Indiana team, uh, they are on the rise. That uh, loss earlier in the week to Illinois was a Anomaly, especially the 20-point margin, uh, was definitely out of character. I think raised a lot of eyebrows. But uh, for Indiana fans, this is what they need. Back the women's team, get into those games. They play basketball the right way. They are fun to watch. The women's game has really grown on me in the last five, six, seven years. And this IU women's team, they're going to be a fun team to follow uh, here over the next few weeks as we start to get into the month of March. Also tonight, the final weekend, really the final night in most cases of the high school boys basketball regular season. We'll be at Jeffersonville tonight for our final regular season broadcast. We'll have Castle at Jeffersonville. Should be a lot of fun. Castle, a so-so team this season. The Red Devils are the big favorite in the contest tonight. But kind of getting ready for the Seymour sectional and how Jeff closes out tonight can help set the tone for a tough opening matchup. It's Jeff and Seymour on Tuesday night at 6 o'clock in the first round of sectional play. So I'm curious to see how this Jeff team can set the tone for the tournament uh, by finishing out their regular season tonight. If you can't make it out to Jeff for the game or you're going to be at another high school contest tonight, tune us on 1450 and 96.1 here on the Big X. We will be live about 740 with our pregame show because it's an 8 o'clock start with Castle coming up from the Evansville area. The JV and varsity games will begin a little bit later than normal, and so we'll be on the air a little later than normal with our play-by-play coverage of the game tonight. But looking forward to wrapping up the season. It's been a good year. Uh, seen a lot of good games, called a lot of great games here over the last few months. We always hit the rivalry games hit the best we can here on the Big X with Indiana's schedule and some of the other play-by-play things that we have to clear. But the postseason is here. And next week we're going to be bouncing around to some different stations because of IU and other conflicts. But it's going to be fun to follow uh, this Indiana team, or excuse me, this local team's in high school basketball 
in the Indiana State Tournament. And I just love to be in Seymour, uh, love to be at Lloyd E. Scott Gymnasium. It's a place that, going all the way back as a kid, it used to be the old Seymour Regional. You couldn't wait to get there for a day of good basketball back in the one-class system. I can remember so many good New Albany and Jeff and other Southern Indiana teams there occasionally over the years. But I saw some great games in that building, saw some outstanding players uh, representing local schools in that building. And, of course, since the start of class basketball, it's been the home of the 4A sectional. It's been uh, with some of the key schools that we follow, Jeffersonville, New Albany, Floyd Central. It's been the place for us to be for the most part on sectional week in Southern Indiana high school basketball. So uh, being there at Seymour next week, it's a fun time. It's a special time. A lot of old friends that uh, you make over the years at Seymour that you get to see each and every year during sectional week and really during the state tournament because Seymour hosts a regional. They host a semi-state. They're very active in the postseason. One of the great hosts, one of the great gyms in the state of Indiana. So looking forward to that. We'll have all the games from Seymour on the air. We'll be announcing soon what stations that you'll be able to find us on. Some of them will be here on the Big X, but we will have to flip to some of our sister stations because of so many conflicts and other play-by-play commitments that we have this weekend as well. Somebody asked me about Lanesville. This is just another programming note here before we get further into the show. Lanesville, the girls, we will have that broadcast on one of our sister stations, 900 a.m., and 107.3 uh, is where you can find that on Saturday. That will be. We'll also have the Brownstown game as well. Uh, also, so we, those 1A and 2A uh, girls state championship games will carry from the IHSA network, and we'll have those again on our sister station 900 AM and 107.3 FM Saturday morning. So if you're out and about and want to keep up with the Eagles of Lanesville and see if we can uh, get another state championship brought back to Southern Indiana. Indiana, uh, that will be uh, the way to do it if you're going to be on wanting to listen to it on the radio coming up on Saturday. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honeybaked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just a few moments, our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. We'll look more at the IU-Iowa game from last night. We'll talk a little bit about IU's roster in men's basketball as well with Derek Queen committing to Maryland. Where does Indiana turn next in the class of 2024, and I don't think there are any real obvious options for the team. That doesn't mean things won't change, or there'll be some players come into the fold, or there'll be some decommitments as we get into the spring and summer with coaching changes ahead. That's going to be, a, I think, a wild and wacky year, but uh, where does Indiana turn for recruiting for the 2024 class with Queen uh, going to Maryland. We'll talk about that briefly here in just a few moments. Also later today, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the former sports editor of the Seymour Tribune is with us on Fridays. We always get into IU basketball. We'll talk about the women and Caitlin Clark and that environment last night with him. Uh, We'll look ahead to what's next for the IU men's team as well. And then Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star in our final segment today on high school hoops and recruiting. We'll talk about the final weekend of the regular season and we'll get uh, Kyle's thoughts on some of the big sectionals across the state they're going to take place. The Seymour is going to be good. Borden is going to be really good. Uh, the Southwestern sectional with Providence and Brownstown could be good, but Kyle can tell you about some of these unbelievable sectionals in the Indianapolis area that are just packed full of talent. And we'll talk uh, kind of a preview of the state tournament with him when he joins us later in the show today. That's the show lineup for today. A 
service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check them out for great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are all made fresh daily, and they'll surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home, as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can send in questions for our guests, comments on the Hoosiers. Did you go to Assembly Hall for the big women's game last night? Are you headed out for a regular season finale tonight in high school basketball? We always love to hear from you. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And let's get into our headlines for today, uh, our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Number 14 ranked Indiana, the women. They uh, had a statement victory last night to really add emphasis to their already solid NCAA tournament resume. They take out number four, uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes, by a surprising score, 86-69. And I'll be honest, there were a couple moments including one in the last five minutes of the game where Iowa got it down into single digits. But it was a game that Indiana, for the most part, dominated from start to finish. They looked really, really good last night. Uh, again, they've had three losses on the year, and it, oddly enough, all three losses, as good as their, as their year has been, have been blowouts. The Stanford game in November was a blowout. The Iowa game, the first time around out in Iowa, was a blowout. And then surprisingly, more than anything else, Indiana blasted on Monday by Illinois on the road by 20 points. None of their losses have been close, but they've only got three. So it's kind of a strange setup when you look at wins and losses and how good this Indiana team is. But I've always held out the question, can this Indiana women's team actually uh, compete with the best in college basketball? And there have been times where I thought yes, times where I thought some of those losses were uh, kind of just anomalies. But I think after last night, the, the answer is Yes, they, they can. They generally can. And uh, I thought Indiana was very good on Caitlin Clark last night. She still had a good night as far as her total uh, in points. So I don't know that she shot it extremely well. She was 8 of 26 from the field. She was 3 of 16 from the three-point line. So not great for her. She had five turnovers as well, which is odd for her. But Indiana's defense was physical. Indiana's defense was good on her, and uh, Indiana had a lot of players uh, step up last night and help lead the way. So um, this Indiana women's team, I think they're the real deal. Going to be interesting to see what happens. I think it's very likely, depending on how things shake out in the Big Ten Conference women's tournament uh, bracket, that they could play for a third time in the regular season, um, maybe late in that tournament, which could be interesting. I'd, I'd tell you what, it's hard to see Caitlin Clark not doing some big things in the month of March. It just uh, with what she's done so far in her career, uh, the number of points she's scored, her comfortability of shooting deep threes and volleyball line shots, it's hard to see her in the story she is as well. It's great for women's college basketball. It's hard to see her not having some outstanding performances in the Big Ten tournament in the month of March. So going to be fun to follow that from a Big Ten perspective, uh, but Indiana might have to square off with the Hawkeyes again uh, with Big Ten tournament championship hopes on the line. That will be fun to watch and again I hate to say this if you're an IU men's uh, fan or supporter 
get behind the women because the, the men aren't, you know, it, it would take a miracle for them to win the Big Ten Conference tournament. It's going to take a, a, them to win the tournament to get to the NCAA tournament. The women are there. They're going to be, they're going to get through the first two weeks barring any kind of uh, magnificent upset in the tournament. They're going to be fun, I think, to watch coming up next month. IU in the class of 2024. Someone asked me yesterday, Matt, what's Indiana going to do to fill some spots through recruiting? Well, the pressure isn't on like it maybe would have been a few years ago because of how prevalent the transfer portal is. Uh, because Indiana only has Liam McNeely right now committed and signed in the 2024 class. I think a lot of people felt like Derek Queen might eventually make his decision to Indiana, and he would become obviously a humongous class if you put Queen and McNeely together in the cream and crimson. But with him headed to Maryland, what does Indiana do? Well, I don't know that they're really in on anybody at this point in 2024 that has still not made a decision. The only two names I could find is Joseph Sannon and also Daquan Davis, two out-of-state players, both guards in the class of 2024. But a story I was reading from the Daily Hoosier and our friend Mike Schumann, I don't think Indiana is seriously involved with either of those players at this time. So um, Indiana is going to have a ton of spots for the transfer portal. Who knows who exits this team into the transfer portal? And then from a recruiting standpoint, think about Tamar Bates. Uh, he's just one example of many, but there always is late activity when you think a class, a recruiting class is solidified and players are off the board, there always are coaching changes and reasons for players to get out of their commitments and their signings, which could open up some late opportunities that you just don't see coming. Mackenzie Mbako is the most recent example of that on the current IU roster. So there, there definitely will be, I would think, at least one more, if not multiple players added to the 2024 class. But obviously, regardless of that, regardless if it, right now they have a 1-2-3 player class, Indiana's going to have to hit the transfer portal in a major way. And I think there definitely will be departures as well, which will add more openings uh, for Mike Woodson and the staff for next season. And it would be hard to argue that that would be a bad thing at this point. I think Indiana basketball for next season needs a uh, different look and really a complete overhaul, which is only possible in this new age of college basketball because of the transfer portal. So uh, Indiana, you would, you would hope, you would think, is going to target key shooters. You would hope that they may make some real defensive adjustments in the offseason as far as bringing in some athletic defenders. Those are two areas that stand out, I think, probably to me and most anyone that has watched this Indiana team play all season. But the transfer portal will be so very important for this Indiana team in the upcoming offseason. There is just no question about that. High school basketball across the area tonight. I told you where we will be at Jeffersonville for the Jeff and Castle game. Other games tonight, uh, Borden will wrap up their regular season at Salem tonight to close out the 2023-24 regular season. Charlestown, their regular season is now complete. Uh, the Pirates finish 12-10 and 10 under the third year for Matt Lynch at, at, at Charlestown. Christian Academy, 19-4. and four. Their regular season in the books as well. They won last night 55-39 over North Harrison. Josh Renfro, a great season. Christian Academy, a great season. They're one of the teams locally that I think can make some noise. We talked about this earlier in the week. They are the favorite in that sectional on paper. It will still be a tough sectional and I think a good sectional to watch. But Christian Academy, they've got the ability to make a run 
done in the postseason. Clarksville will wrap up regular season play tonight with a match at Rock Creek Academy. Uh, Floyd Central, their regular season in the books with a Wednesday night win, 82-53 over Columbus East. The Highlanders in year one under Fonzo White finished 9-13 and on the year, and they are idle until next Friday night when they sit in that semifinal game getting a bye for the Seymour sectional. Henryville, 8-14 is where they are at. Uh, their regular season finished earlier this week with a loss to West Washington. I mentioned Jeff tonight. That's where we'll be for the Red Devils finale on the season. New Albany, 15-6. and six. They go at Bloomington North tonight. Bloomington North is 11-11 and on the season. I tell you what, win, lose, or draw tonight, and really no matter what happens next week in the sectional, uh, I do think that Jason Jones and New Albany have had a great season. I did not peg the Bulldogs with anywhere near 15 wins. Maybe two or three less would have been my estimation, uh, but a great first year for Coach Jones. I think he's gotten a lot out of those players, and they could win tonight. They could definitely win Tuesday. I think they can get to the championship game of the sectional where they would maybe take on Jeff, and who knows what happens in a rivalry contest like that. But one thing I do want to note about New Albany next Tuesday when they take on Bedford North Lawrence, of course, they just played a few nights ago Wednesday, New Albany eked out a 73-71 thrilling win for the Bulldogs. I think that Bedford-New Albany rematch will be outstanding in Seymour. I think Tuesday's games in Seymour could be outstanding. Jeff, who wants to get up and down against Seymour, the host team, who's going to guard you, who's going to slow it down and play a very methodical style. Uh, that could be a good clash of styles in the first game on Tuesday. And I think New Albany-Bedford will be a lot of fun to be there for and a lot of fun to broadcast next Tuesday night. New Washington, their regular season is complete. They finished 4-18 and on the year. Providence, their season is also complete. They've been idle since last weekend uh, when they defeated North Harrison by a big margin. Providence finishes 16-3 and on the year. Because of some late cancellations and games that weren't made up, Providence with 19 games played of 22 allowed in the regular season by the IHSA. Rock Creek, their game tonight at Clarksville, they've had a solid year. They lost a ton from the semi-state team a year ago, but Chris Brown is always in the mix. It's a young Rock Creek team that will be dangerous, maybe could be dangerous is the right way to say it when it comes to the state tournament that begins next week. Silver Creek, they wrap things up tonight with Seymour. That could be an interesting game to close out the regular season. The Dragons have been uh, solid this year. They're 12-8 and eight as they head into the finale tonight. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. To a commercial break we go. We're back with Dylan Wallace to talk IU women and IU men and recruiting and a lot more. Stay with us here on this Friday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. 
All right, we're back here on this Friday edition of the show. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dylan Wallace, he joins us in this segment. Dylan is former sports editor at the News and Tribune. has been a great friend of this program and continues to chat with us on Fridays. Dylan, I know one thing that I hope you tell me that you miss from your job in Seymour with the Tribune is the 4A sectional at Lloyd E. Scott Gymnasium. It starts on Tuesday. We can't wait to be there for the broadcast, and I think you had a at least a few years of getting to experience that great Southern Indiana area big school sectional. Yes, yes, I certainly did. I remember, um, you know, what was it? It was either last year or a few years ago where it was a really exciting contest. I think it was Jeff and Jennings County had an overtime game, or maybe it was New Albany. But there's been some really fun games that I've been able to see in that sectional in that gym um, that's been really exciting. So I definitely do miss that. I'm going to miss that scene. And, you know, Seymour has actually had a pretty good year. I've sort of kept up from, from afar. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see if, you know, they can maybe make some noise in the sectional. They've had some trouble getting out of it uh, for a while now, but uh, it'll be fun to see. I think um, all the teams are pretty pretty evenly matched so far, so I, I'm curious to see to keep up with it, how it goes. And, um, you know, I also miss the fact that uh, the Brown Stockholm basketball team in the state finals this Saturday, so I'm like, ah, of course, right after, the year after I leave, I, a team gets to state. So uh, I, I might actually drive down to Indy this Saturday and uh, watch the Braves play and see how they do. So I definitely miss postseason basketball for high school um, I'm definitely going to keep up with, with some of these teams here as we near the, the boys' postseason as well. So uh, definitely miss it. It's a fun time, and uh, hopefully you guys get some good games to call this, uh, next week. Dylan Wallace, my guest. Uh, Dylan, before we get into the IU women and then the IU men, I want to bring up Trace Jackson Davis. I've kind of lost tabs on him the last month or so with all the college and high school basketball we talk about here on the show. But he had 17 points last night for the Warriors. He continues to have a great uh, rookie season. And I was a little disappointed we didn't see or hear anything from Trace. I think he was at the All-Star game or there, obviously, in Indianapolis over the weekend. Uh, But I thought maybe he would be in the Rising Stars game or have a chance to participate in some way. uh, but he uh, he had a great game last night. He continues to really find his spot for this Golden State team. Yeah, this is a little shocking now you bring it up that he wasn't including the Rising Stars because usually it's sort of the top rookies. And, you know, I would say from a minutes and production standpoint, Trace has been a pretty productive rookie. You know, I know he wasn't taken as high as some of the other guys, but um, he's done a lot for, for the Warriors this year. Um, you know, once Draymond Green came back, he sort of his minutes sort of got cut a little bit, but... I was watching the, the game on TNT last night, and he came in and scored like 14 points in five minutes. Um, it was it was crazy. Just the pick and roll game was Clay Thompson. Uh, Trace was just rolling to the rim. They're finding him, and you know it's playing with those guys, Steph and Clay, who create so much gravity when they have the ball. It, it's a great for a player like Trace to roll the basket. He's finishing really well around the rim. Um, he's holding up uh, pretty pretty well defensively. You know, uh, I think he's done as well as he could, you know, in the first year of the NBA. So he's been a really, really nice piece for for the Warriors. Um, and it's going to be fun because they're going to probably have some, some big games coming down the stretch. They'll probably be in the play-in fighting for a playoff spot. So, you know, Indiana fans will be able to tune in and, and watch Trace on national TV if he gets in the game. So he's had a great year, had an awesome game last night, and hopefully he can keep it up. Dylan, i got to ask you about the IU women last night before we talk about the game or the big win for Terry Moran and her group. 
Uh, I saw pictures and videos of Assembly Hall two, three hours before the game. There were outstanding crowds of people lined up wanting to get in the facility. A sellout crowd last night. Uh, in a season where things are not going good at all for the men's team and where the crowds haven't been great and there are boos raining down on the coaches and players after bad plays or bad performances, it's been basically the opposite for the Indiana women. They've uh, only lost three games. Uh, two of those losses, uh, one came to Iowa, one to Stanford, both really good teams in women's college basketball. And as the men really are slipping, the women rising with that big win last night, which really helps a lot of cases, the Big Ten standings, uh, their ability to host the first and second rounds. It gave them a boost back toward that. And just kind of a confidence uh, and resume boost as well because that's really all that Indiana was missing was one of those top-tier wins over one of the best this season in college hoops. So uh, the women are rolling. Uh, they're attracting fans. They And I know Caitlin Clark was obviously an attraction last night for fans as well, but uh, Indiana women have it going on on right now uh, with that big win last night, uh, a little opposite of where the men's program stands today. Yeah, complete opposite. You know, it, it was awesome seeing in, in Bloomington yesterday. You know, that's what Assembly Hall in Indiana basketball is supposed to look and sound and feel like. And, you know, just watching that game start to finish and just hearing how loud the crowd was as the team is playing hard, having huge plays, hitting big shots. It was just, it was just amazing. You know, I, I had a friend who was there. And he, he was also at the, the Kansas game that the men had in December, which was an awesome environment, too. And I texted him. I was like, "Is this does this environment match what, what you saw in December in Kansas? He's like, yeah, it's like the same. And that's just, it's great to hear because, you know, the women's team, uh, you know, really the last few years has kind of built up this thing with the fan base. And they've had some big crowds last night. Might have been the, the loudest and biggest of them all. And, um, you know, clearly, you know, the, the opponent has something to do with it, but it's, you know, everyone wasn't there to watch Kaylin Clark. They were there to watch Indiana play against Kaylin Clark in Iowa. But, you know, all that those people in white were there to cheer on the Hoosiers. And uh, it was an awesome, awesome game. Much needed as well, you know, especially after they stumbled a little bit on Monday at Illinois. That kind of hurt their chances in the title race because, you know, now Ohio State's got a, a two-game lead. So they're going to have to slip up here in the last three games if, if Indiana or Iowa want to tie for the first place in the Big Ten. So, that, that was tough, but to bounce back from that game and play so well against Iowa, who's a really good team, they're top top five in the country, um, that's going to give them some confidence going forward. And like you said, it puts them back into contention for hosting the, the first two games as they enter the tournament. So that would be huge to have those games in Assembly Hall where, where the, the, the crowd shows up for those games as well. So, um, you know, hopefully that can propel them to a Sweet 16. And, you know, being a team like Iowa hopefully gives them confidence to, to go into the NCAA tournament and the Big Ten tournament as well and hopefully be able to, to get some momentum and get some big wins and, and make a run here because this team is pretty talented and like they showed everybody last night, you know, they can really hang with, with some teams and play really good basketball. So awesome team, awesome environment. It was great to see and uh, an awesome win for the Hoosiers. Talking with Dylan Wallace, former sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. One more thing on the women. Um, Dylan, your opinion, is this Indiana women's team a Sweet 16 team at best? Could they reach the Elite Eight? Or with performances like last night, could they maybe get to the Final Four? Where do you see this team stacking up against uh, some of the other great teams in college hoops? Iowa knocked off last night. Uh, where does Indiana rank with some of these others, maybe out-of-conference teams? Yeah, I think, you know, if, if they can replicate what they did last night, which was, you know, a pretty high-level performance, you know, I think they do have the chance to make – 
get past the Sweet 16, maybe go to the Elite Eight. You know, that's the farthest the program has ever gotten is the Elite Eight. They did that um, a few years ago. And, and, and lately, they've, they've kind of struggled. You know, last year, they got knocked out in the round of 32 at home. That was kind of a disappointing season. The year before that, they were in the Sweet 16 and lost at UConn, which is, you know, it happens to a lot of teams across college basketball. So, you know, I think what you hope from this team is, you know, it's tough because – they don't have a Grace Berger type player, not a player, you know, a guard that can really create their own shot. But I think what you saw last night from Sierra Scalia, who was really doing a lot, she had 25 points. And obviously you still have Mackenzie Holmes, who is just a, a walking double-double 20-point-per-game scorer. Um, you know, if you can get some consistent play out of the backcourt, you know, they, this team does have potential to, to get to the Sweet 16, I think, for sure. I think that's kind of the floor of what Indiana probably expects to do in the NCAA tournament, especially if they host. Um, those first two games in Assembly Hall, you would think that that could get them to the Sweet 16, and then from there, you know, you know, you're going away from home, which is harder. But you know, if they're if they're playing like they did last night, they definitely have the capability to get to an Elite Eight or you know, a Final Four would be tough. But you know, I think this year across women's college basketball, we've seen more parity than we've ever seen. You know, teams are upsetting teams across the country. There's not like a clear cut dominant force. I mean, obviously, there's the South Carolinas and all those teams that are obviously really good, like always, but we've seen some closer games. We've seen closer upsets. We've seen closer matchups, and I think that plays in the end's favor, because if they can, you know, like we keep saying, if they can can replicate that performance last night against Iowa, which, you know, when you're not in your home crowd and you're in a different spot, it can be tough to do, but, you know, if they can play like that and build off some momentum here as they head into the Big Ten tournament, where they'll will be a top three seed and, and hopefully can get to the championship of that game or that tournament, you know, that could get them potentially past the Sweet 16, which would be huge for this team, you know, because I think, you know, it's basically the same thing from last year, minus Grace Berger, who's a big, big piece, but, you know, they just have that foundation built already to where, you know, they should be able to have some success in the tournament. Hopefully they get past uh, the round of 32 like they did last year. And, you know, once they near that final 16, anything can happen. And I think this team, and its ceiling can probably get to where we hope they can go, but uh, it's going to be tough. But hopefully they just keep playing better and that Illinois loss is behind them and they don't play like that again because that was a tough one. And they, they take this game and they run with it and, and make a deep run of the tournament. All right, Dylan, let's flip our conversation to the men's team for just a brief moment. I tell you what, I know Saturday's game for the men is at Penn State, but after that, Wisconsin, Maryland, Minnesota, and Michigan State. If you look at the Big Ten Conference standings, uh, I guess Maryland maybe would be the easiest of the games coming up, although it's in College Park. But I think Penn State and Maryland – uh, although both on the road may be two of the lesser opponents that this uh, Mike Woodson coach team is going to play here in the final week and a half, two weeks of the regular season. So is Saturday the chance, maybe one of the best chances for a final win or so of the season? Yeah, it definitely is. You know, when you just look at those final five teams, um, you know, Penn State or Maryland is probably the, the least of them. Um, you know, unfortunately, both those games are on the road. Um, but, you know, Penn State came into Assembly Hall and beat them anyway. So, uh, you know, who, know, who knows? Uh, you know, Penn State's coming off a big win uh, against Illinois. Uh, they, they made a crazy comeback at the end to win that game. They've been playing a lot better kind of ever since they, they last time Indiana saw them. You know, they've been, they've been playing a lot better. So um, it's going to be a tough game. It's just it's tough to imagine Indiana winning any of these games. I mean, I'm sure they might be able to pull out some and be – It'd be really tough if they lose all of them and the rest of the way. But just the way they've played, when they've come out and started games, and how much of a deficit they've gotten down by, both on the road and at home recently, it's just it's hard to imagine and have confidence this team is going to go find a win somewhere. You know, it's 
it's, it's tough. So I think, you know, Penn State or Maryland's probably the two most winnable ones left on the schedule. You would like to think Indiana would be able to compete with the Wisconsin or Michigan State behind that Assembly Hall crowd, but as we've seen, you know, there's, there's not been much for that crowd to get behind. Those types of environments we saw last night for the women's game just aren't happening right now for the men. Um, so, you know, without that behind them, will they be able to, to come up with a win? Who knows, you know? So it's it's, it's looking really rough, um, but, you know, if you're going to win any one of these rest of them, you know, you could probably – you probably catch Penn State on a bad day, and you know you're probably you probably match them talent wise in terms of how you play. So um, there's definitely a chance to get some wins, uh, a few more wins here. Um, but man, the way they play on the road and the way they've honestly played at home, I just I, I hate to say they're going to lose out, but it just until we see something different on the floor in terms of consistent 40 minute play of just toughness and intensity and, and execution, um, it, it's tough to to call out which game they could win because they could lose all of them, and that would just gonna get. It feels like it's just it's gonna get worse and worse and worse before it gets better. And I'll hope, but hopefully they surprise them. You know, maybe they'll compete and, and play these games tight and maybe win a few. And you know, hopefully that could that could make it feel better. But yeah, it's not looking great right now for the men. All right, good stuff, Dylan Wallace. He joins the show on Fridays. Have a great weekend. Get ready for March. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and we'll talk with you soon. Yep, sounds great. Thank you. All right, Dylan Wallace on Friday's our guest in segment two. We'll head to a quick break. We're back with Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star on some high school hoops and recruiting. Stay with us for that here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for. All the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back. Final segment of the week. Kyle Nenrip of the Indianapolis Star with us, Kyle. We're almost to the postseason Games across the state, for the most part, begin on Tuesday night. I know we touched on this some last week, but, of course, we've spent a lot of time this week talking about some of the local sectionals here in southern Indiana. Uh, However, there are some amazing sectionals in Indianapolis and a couple that really stand out to me. Where will you be next week, and what do you think the best sectional in Indianapolis or maybe in the state is when it comes to top teams and talented players and rec- Division One recruit-type players all at the same location? Definitely Sectional 8, at, uh, which will be played at Noblesville this year. I think that's, uh, you know, it's, it's usually up here between Sectional 8 at Noblesville or wherever it's at and then Sectional 10, which is at Lawrence North uh, this year. So, you know, I would say those two, uh, and that's where I'll be. I'll be. I plan on being at uh, both of those uh, the first two days. Anyway, uh, I don't know what I'm doing the weekend just yet, but uh, probably be back at one of those places. But yeah, Sectional Eight at Noblesville has the top three teams in the state uh, by the Associated Press poll, uh, with Fishers, Westfield, and Noblesville uh, right now one, two, and three. And then, you know, the other. I think all. Six teams are in the top 20 in the Sagarin ratings, which is, uh, you know, maybe top 21 in the Sagarin ratings. So, you know, regardless of, uh, you know, who, who you get in that in that uh, sectional, it's just unavoidable to play somebody good. Um, you know, in Fishers and Carmel play the first game uh, of, uh, 
or the first round anyway on uh, on Tuesday. So you know that'll be you know Carmel's the only team to beat Fishers this year. So even though Fishers ranked number one and twenty one and one, the one team that beat them is the team that they play in the first game. So. Uh, Fishers, of course, uh, Keenan Garner's their uh, top guy. You know, it's funny, you know, we've talked about this before, but, you know, they lose Jalen Harrelson and actually have gotten better, um, you know. So, and a lot of that's just development of players like Keenan Garner and, you know, John Anthony Hall, who's a Division One football recruit, uh, you know, uh, Cooper Zachary and Jason Gardner Jr. have come in as freshmen and played really well. But, but I'll tell you, I, I, to me, I think, I, you know, I'm not sure I'm not going to end up picking Noblesville to win it uh, because they have a little bit more experience. They're the defending sectional champ. Uh, Aaron Fine is their uh, senior point guard. And then, you know, Hunter Walston, who's a senior. They, they've got some maybe not Division I uh, players as seniors, but they do have a, a sophomore, Justin Curry, who, is, who will be a Division I player at, at some point uh, in his future. So, you know, I'm not sure that I wouldn't pick noblesville to win in part because you know they're at home and also because they're just really good and uh you know i, I there's there, you could pick westfield you could pick you know honestly hsc or or carmel you could probably the only team you may, may not pick is zionsville who you know and they have two really good juniors who should be junior all-stars in my opinion in uh drew snively and and, and uh mitchell mcguire who are uh those guys i think will be division one players also so you know, it's just uh, it's such a good sectional. It always is, but this year seems to be even a little bit of cut above everybody else. Yeah, going to be fun next week, that's for sure. Uh, Kyle, let's talk about the girls' state championship games uh, this Saturday, tomorrow, uh, in Indianapolis. We have Lanesville uh, just to our west in Harrison County that I think is probably the favorite to win the 1A game. And then Brownstown, not too far up the road, they've had a really nice tournament run and will compete for a 2A state championship. Any thoughts on either of those morning games tomorrow and how Southern Indiana could potentially fare in those contests? Yeah, I mean, I think Lanesville's probably, you know, from what I've seen and read, I mean, they seem like the probably the pick to win it. I think Brownstown, you know, it's sort of funny how, you know, it's there's so much, uh, you know, hubbub about the boys' team, and rightly so, and everything they've done with Jack Benner and that group. And I think they'll have a chance to, you know, maybe double up if the girls can win. Uh, Brownstown, I think, is going to have a real opportunity uh, in, in 2A uh, next week as they get going in boys. That, and, then, you know, by the way, that's going to be a really tough sectional, too, with Providence and, and Southwestern in there. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know for sure, you know, how, how that will go for the girls. Seemed, it seems kind of like a little bit of a surprise that they, they made it to the state finals. But, uh, but yeah, that would be a, a pretty cool story if, uh, if they could pull off the double. Yeah, for sure. Kyle Nedrip with us here on the program. Kyle, uh, your thoughts on March Madness. We've talked a lot today about the IU women. Obviously, the IU men have been a situation where it just doesn't look like an NCAA tournament appearance is going to be possible unless they can do something unthinkable like win the the Big Ten Conference tournament coming up here in a few weeks. From a Indiana perspective, I know your focus is on high school and recruiting. Uh, Purdue obviously is in the tournament. They're likely going to be a one seed in the tournament barring some kind of crazy uh, fallout for them here at the end of the year. But uh, Indiana State, right, likely a tournament team should have a chance. How could the Hoosier State across the board fare in March Madness? Have you put any thought into that? 
Yeah, I mean, I, well, you know, watching IU uh, the other night, I you know watched the majority of that game, and it's just uh, it, it just seems like they're kind of sinking under the pressure, the weight of the, you know, I don't know, it's just it's us, you know, kind of texting with somebody about this. It just feels like there's this weight of history that kind of you know weighs over that program, and you know, once things start going bad, it's just uh, it's hard to get it turned, and then. You know, you're cycling through coaches, and then there's there's talk about that again, and it's just it's just kind of an unhealthy uh, situation. It seems like I know that's it's it's kind of up to who's ever running the program to get that going and turned around, but man, it turns uh, negative quick, and uh, it's hard to recover from that. So, you know, just just watching that and talking to people, just that's kind of my feel on that. But yeah, I, I think it. I mean. Obviously, Purdue, everything is kind of pointed to the first-round tournament game. You know, it's just almost anything you do, it's just, uh, you know, it'll come down to that. You know, even if they're a one seed playing a 16, obviously, uh, it's going to come down to, you know, can you win that game and can you kind of do what you haven't been able to do, at least recently, uh, and and make a tournament run. Uh, So, and I, I honestly, going into the year, I kind of felt like maybe that would be a negative towards Purdue all year. I haven't really felt that. They've been so good uh, for the majority of the year. I think that's, you know, they've kind of put the tournament stuff behind them, and that hasn't been as much of a storyline, I think, as maybe I thought it would be, uh, which is good, I think, and, and fair. Uh, but, yeah, Indiana State, I man, I'd love, you know, I went to a Valley school. I'd love to see multiple Valley teams. I think Drake and Indiana State are, are are uh, good enough to get in the tournament. Uh, you know, I, even like Bradley's good. You know, there's there's always some good Valley teams. Uh, you know, and I think definitely Indiana State and Drake, in my opinion, should both be in. Uh, but I'm a I'm a bit of a Valley homer that way. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, it'll be. You know, I think if you get Indiana State, Purdue, you know, Butler's kind of hanging in there. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens with that. And then you know, IU just doesn't seem to like it's going to happen this year. But uh, but we'll still have. You know, Purdue, Indiana State, hopefully, and, and Butler in there potentially. So there'll be some uh, in-state teams to uh, to watch for. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle Nedenrip, the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, enjoy basketball over the weekend, and uh, we'll talk with you next Friday when we'll be right in the middle of the sectional tournaments across the state and look forward to that conversation. Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. All right, Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star. He joins us Fridays here on the show. That's going to wrap things up for the week. Don't forget tonight we are at Jeffersonville for Castle at Jeff. It's a little later start for the varsity game. 8 p.m. is tip-off. We'll be on the air about 7.40 with our pregame coverage right here on the Big X, 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, and streaming online at BigXSportsRadio.com. Have a great weekend. Join us tonight. We'll be back Monday to recap everything coming out of this busy basketball weekend right here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.